are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Breach of Trust by A.K.A. Jake on AO3. Rating Explicit. You may be right, Mulder, but for a moment, I saw something else in him. A longing for something more than power. Maybe for something he could never have. Scully's refusal to see the truth chafes at Mulder. Let me repeat, Scully. He did it for himself. His sincerity was a mask. Cancer man's motives never change. Rancor oozes from Mulder's pores. He's not immune to hate. He almost drowned in it while Scully was missing. He used you. CGB Spender's offices stand vacant. Stale Morleys paint the barren walls, and despite efforts to eradicate all traces of villainy, shadows of evil still linger in the stink of the devil's cigarettes. Let's get out of here. Mulder turns from the rooms, as if from hell, his shoulders hunched against the fire of his own anger. Where are you going, Mulder? Away from this place. Resentment blisters the air in his wake. He jogs down the stairs, never looking back for Scully. She's left staring at him. Bitten twice by her trust. First by Cancer Man, who promised her a cure. And now by Mulder, who claimed she was his touchstone, his constant. But is he hers? How far does I've got your back go? After so many years, she assumed their partnership was unconditional. He apparently has other ideas. Mulder, she calls after him. Her voice rattles in her chest as she descends the stairs, rushing to keep up. Her haste is unnecessary. She finds him holding the door at the street. Polite, out of habit, despite his anger. She hasn't been honest with him, and now he is balanced on a high wire, walking a tightrope between reverence and contempt. Mulder, I don't think Spender was lying, not completely. She insists ducking beneath his arms. Bright afternoon sun jabs her eyes. She squints up at Mulder's disillusioned face. Now she feels anger rising in her gullet too. He questions her instincts. And because she has come to trust his so implicitly, she can no longer trust her own. He's right and she's wrong, or she's right and he's wrong. Both things can't be true. A partial lie is still a lie, Scully. He duped you. The accusation infuriates her. And he's never fooled you? I didn't say that. Then what's the difference? This is about you. He grunts the words through gritted teeth. Why can't she understand? He is nothing and she is everything. She could have been killed. He doesn't think he's capable of living without her. Not anymore. Let me drive you home, he spits, before fury overtakes him right there on the sidewalk. They ride in silence. His knuckles are white on the wheel. Her lips press into a thin line. The trip seems to take an eternity. Although the distance is short, it scares the hell out of her to see she's lived this close to the smoky man all these years. It frightens her even more to stew in the heat of Mulder's seething temper. Their indignation escalates with every passing mile. 
The car is still rolling when Scully unlatches the door to step out. Mulder tugs on the parking brake and yanks the keys from the ignition. He plans to trail her to her front door. Due to habit or due to her recent disappearance, he can't bring himself to let her out of his sight. Not yet. Still, he feels extraneous, impotent. She betrayed his trust by hiding the truth from him. She didn't want or need him. He bulldozes after her. Let him follow, she thinks. Do whatever he damn wants. Her anger doesn't permit her to care. She never imagined she'd be so infuriated by him. He never believed he could love her so much. He'd want to strangle her over her reckless conduct. So damn careless. Her deceit, her impurance, they threaten to undo him. Her keys jangle as she stabs at the lock. Her fingers are unfeeling, singed by her irritation as she drops the ring of keys on the landing, commemorating Apollo 11 and the mission to the moon, July 1969. Mulder's hand swoops in and snags the keys. Without a word, he unlocks the door, swings it open. She is forced to walk beneath the bridge of his outstretched arm once again. She tries to ignore the way he herds her into her apartment. He looms over her, his sighs increased by his ire. He blasts her like an overstoked furnace. The drive has done nothing to cool him. His agitation is too much for her. What are you doing here, Mulder? Her question locks his legs. He's not sure why he's come. Is she throwing him out? With smooth purpose, she removes her jacket, takes it into the closet. This is her place, not his. She belongs here. Does he? Go home, Mulder. The last of his patience evaporates with her dismissal. Pacing away from her, he rips his coat from his arms and hurls it across the room. It lands on the floor, several feet beyond the couch. He spins to face her, hands on his hips, lower lip caught between his teeth. He bites down so hard he draws blood. Pupils dilated. He aims his anger at her. Scully has never been afraid of this man. Never. Until now. His control is so fragile. She expects him to shatter, to protect her from his impending outbursts. She retreats one tiny step. Her withdrawal launches his fury. He sweeps her mantle clean with the swipe of one arm. Candlesticks and photos thunder to the floor. A spray of glass erupts from a framed picture of the two of them together, dressed in matching FBI jackets. Hair flailed by the wind. In the picture, arms pressed from elbow to shoulder. He leans over her and tells her a secret she can no longer recall. She blinks at the spoiled photo, and her eyes swamp with tears. He ignores her sorrow. Temper unappeased, he heads for her desk, intending to upend the entire thing, spew its contents across the floor. He flings the desk chair out of his way, causing it to somersault over the couch. Stop it, Mulder, she shouts, alarmed by his intensity. He can no more stop his outpouring than he can stop loving her. She could have died. She could have died. She could have died. And he cannot lose her. The desk wheels into the air, shattering paper and pens, laptop and letters across the hardwood floor. The clatter and crash ricochets through the apartment like gunshots. The noise shocks Scully more than Peyton Ritter's lethal bullet. She grabs her abdomen at the memory, and Mulder catches her gesture. He, too, is reminded of Peyton Ritter, of Scully's near-death experience, 
of his own absence. She is too vulnerable, and he is unable to protect her. The realization plows through him, knocking the breath from his lungs. He lunges for a table lamp, intending to smash it to bits against a wall. Scully is furious. She grabs a hold of his sleeve with her left hand, stilling his arm. With her right, she slaps his face hard. The blow burns her palm while raising a red print on his cheek. She holds her breath. Surprise hitches from his lungs. To restrain a punch of his own, he locks his arms around her waist and bullies her to the wall, pinning her there. His anger has nowhere to go. I didn't know where you were, Scully, he hollers as he pushes against her. To him, her subterfuge is a breach of trust, the one thing he can't abide, especially from her. She lied to him. She lied. I didn't do anything you haven't done. She balls her fists against his chest and shoves with all her strength. She is unable to dislodge him. He leans more heavily, flattens his chest, his hips against her, and she considers kneeing him in the groin to loosen his hold, get him off of her. Feeling her leg rise, he blocks her by sliding his knee between her thighs. Let go, she demands, meaning more than his hold on her. You can't be with me all the time, Mulder. This is a truth he doesn't want to hear. If he had his way, he'd guard her every minute. He presses his lips against her ear and steams her with a growl. It's my job to watch your back. You aren't responsible for me. Jesus, Mulder, I can't breathe. She's not pleading, she's locking horns. She intends to make this man understand she is strong and capable, able to take care of herself. The fact that he dominates her with his size, proving his point, irritates the hell out of her. Ducking away from his lips, she glowers at him. Fuck you, Mulder. A flush creeps up his cheeks. Resentment sputters his eyes. The situation is intolerable. He is so certain she needs his guardianship, he can't release her or the idea that he is her protector. Arrogance twitches his nostrils, heaves his lungs. He raises her off her feet, knowing his manhandling is what she least desires. She will fight him and he will win. With his physical advantage, he will make her see he's right on this. Adrenaline surges through him, keeping logic at bay. He hauls her down the hall. Stop it, Mulder, stop. She thrashes in his arms, swinging her fists at his head. He lets her strike him. He doesn't care. When she clips his nose and draws blood, dropping her onto the bed, he leans over her and waits while she boxes his neck and ears. When she tries to scramble off the mattress, he latches onto her leg and drags her back. He anchors his fists to the bed, trapping her beneath him. She stares up at him. She doesn't move. They are at a standoff. What now, Mulder? Her voice is steady. A drop of blood dribbles from his nose and plummets downward, staining her blouse. A pinpoint of crimson on pale gray fabric, marking her heart. His jaw clamps shut and his lips tighten. The mattress heaves when he crawls onto the bed, maneuvering himself over her. Jostled, she rides the tidal wave of his unfounded fears. He straddles her hips, locks her beneath him, and bellows at the top of his lungs. You lied to me. I couldn't find you. And which of the two bothers you most? How could she ask that? How could she? 
I didn't think I'd ever see you alive again. Sweat streaks his face, but he shivers. As a doctor, she knows he's experiencing a psychological response to an imagined threat. Her betrayal, her disappearance, her death. His body's reaction is automatic, involuntary. His hypothalamus releases norepinephrine, causing his adrenal glands to produce adrenaline. His heart rate, pulse, respiration are soaring. Pupils are dilated. Awareness intensifies. Impulses quickening. Blood sugar, lactic acid, cortisol are readying his body to fight or run. He is a victim of his feelings of dread, fear, impending doom. The longer his stress continues, the more panicky he'll become. His system will bypass his rational mind, move him into an attack mode. He'll perceive almost everything as a threat, everyone as an enemy. Yet knowing all this does little to make her sympathetic. The pressure of the last few days has stressed her every bit as much as it has him. Unrelenting tension has fueled her body's fight-or-flight response, too. She is stubborn and has no intention of running from his assault. He's threatening her as if she's made of glass, and she doesn't need his goddamn coddling. She plans to show him she's not as fragile as he seems to think. Clutching the fabric of his sweater, she shakes him. I'm still alive, Mulder. I'm right here. I wasn't hurt. She grabs his hand and presses it to her chest, concealing the drop of blood on her shirt. See? My heart still beats. The heat of his palm brands her breasts, her nipples harden, beneath his scorching caress. He doesn't miss the transformation. All of his anger, all of his goddamn awful anger zigzags through the muscles of his arms and legs. He dips his head until it's brushing her lips with his words. He used you. So go ahead and use me too. Fuck me. I. She can smell his desire, his passion, thick and heady and tempting, but he doesn't move. Afraid to act on his terrible need, he stops short of fucking her. Do it, she goads. Scully. Do it. To provoke the act, she reaches between them and drives the heel of her hand into his erection. He's hard beneath the denim of his jeans. He's been hard ever since he lifted her off her feet in the living room. You want to, and you know it. He does. More than anything, he wants to plunge into her. With all of his frantic energy, he wants to pin her to the bed and fuck the hell out of her. Not like the other times they've made love. Not like love at all. This act has little to do with love, except in the most distorted sense. This is about marking territory, domination, possession. At this singular moment, he wants to own her, bend her to his will. Following a convoluted line of reasoning, he wants to assure himself she is alive and safe in his. The relief of knowing she is beneath him, around him, would feel so damn good. He seizes her breast. It addles her. The press of his fingers, the lust in his eyes, the rigidity of his cock against her palm. She squeezes his erection and draws a whimper from his throat. His eyes close, his face turns ceilingward, and she exults in his loss of control. Do it, Mulder. The power over him causes a jolt of pleasure to shimmer between her legs. She craves to hold him inside her. Mulder. She will make him do this thing. Releasing her hold on his cock, 
She fumbles for the hem of her blouse. Mulder's gaze returns from the ceiling, following her trembling fingers. When her turtleneck refuses to pull free from the waistband of her slacks, he becomes overly impatient and grasps the soft fabric in both hands. He yanks the shirt upward, burying her belly, her satiny bra, the creamy mounds of her breasts. The slope of her cleavage invites the tip of his finger, his tongue, his nose. He exhales into the valley of her breasts. With a moan, he sinks his teeth into the plump heat of her skin. She jerks beneath his bite. Pain barks from her throat. A flush of warmth expands across her chest, singes her heart and plummets downward through her body, melting her resentment and spilling hotly into her panties. Mulder prods between her breasts for the clasp of her bra. His quickening fingers snap the fragile plastic, tear the delicate fabric, shoving the satin out of the way he exposes her. His thumbs massage her nipples, forcing them to rise, harden. He pinches them. He sucks one nipple into his mouth, fire beneath his lips, flesh pressed between his flexing tongue and the sensitive curve of the roof of his mouth. His tongue circles, trying to satisfy an instinctive craving. She arches as he draws on her breasts. She longs to give him so much more. She digs her nails into his back and tries to spread her thighs, but his knees still pin her legs together. She tugs at his belt and fastens the buckle, sliding the button through the hole at the top of his fly. She loosens his waistband. She claws at his zipper until his pants open. He groans against her breasts when she grasps him through the fabric of his undershorts. Abandoning her breasts, he pounces on her mouth, plunges his tongue between her teeth. He swirls to the back of her throat, filling her, panting. His fingers dive into her hair, pin her head to the blankets. Her scalp throbs from the wrench of his grasp. His tongue plugs her mouth, and she can't catch her breath. He is so terribly hungry for her. Finishing his kiss, he allows her one gasp of air, then laps her, gnaws at her lips, nips at her chin, her cheeks. I want you, Scully. He pumps his groin against her palm, grapples for the top button of her slacks. He can't get the tiny button through the tinier hole. His arms shake with furious want. He deserts the button and yanks at her waistband until he hears the fabric rip free. Backing out of her grip on his cock, he drags her panties from her hips. His nails scrape pink welts onto her ivory thighs. Her boots stall him. Leaving her slacks crumpled at her ankles, he unzips each boot, pulls one at a time from her feet and hurls them somewhere behind him. He jerks her slacks from her legs. She waits on the bed, shirt bunched around her armpits, breasts exposed. He is mesmerized by her beauty. Her white skin vibrates his bones. Her vulnerability threatens to buckle his knees. Holding his breath, he traces a desperate line with his index finger from her neck to the elastic band of her panties. Goosebumps stipple her flesh beneath his passing hand. He cradles her pubic bone, careful at first. Then savage fingers dig into the cleft between her legs. Her wetness dampens his palm. Even through the fabric, he can smell her need for him. Take them off. She thinks at first she has made the demand. The thought is so clear in her head, but it's his voice that echoes through the room. He stands at her feet watching. His tongue travels across his lower lip. His hands clench beside his hips. She focuses her eyes on the V of his jeans and skates the panties from her hips. 
When the silky garment reaches her knees, he takes over, skims them from her calves, her ankles, her feet. He lifts the underwear to his nose and inhales her passion. The purposeful indolence, she parts her knees and spreads her legs, opening herself to full view. She trails one perfectly manicured nail through the curls of her mons until she strokes her clitoris. What now, Mulder? She repeats her earlier question, but her voice has lost its storm. Air stutters from his lungs. I guess I fuck you, Scully. I guess so. With one graceful stretch, he hauls his sweater and t-shirt together up over his head. While his face is masked behind his clothing, she inventories the rippling muscles of his chest. Pectoralis major, latimus dorsi, obliquus externus. The linea alba divides his torso from breastbone to pubic bone, splitting him into two perfect halves. She is desperate to caress his golden skin and yearns to feel the press of his weight on top of her. Mulder drops his shirt to the floor, toes off his shoes. He shoves his pants and boxers down his legs. He closes his fists around his swollen erection. His thumb travels across its tip, spreading the drop of lubricant that glistens there. Are you ready, he asks. Does it matter? Yes, it matters. Slitting her eyes, she reaches between her thighs and dips one finger between her folds. Mulder tightens his hand around his cock, waits. She withdraws her finger and holds it up for him to inspect. He steps closer, leans over her, takes her finger into his mouth, and cleanses it with his tongue. His cock twitches in his hand, impatient to push into her. Her perfume overwhelms his sinuses, his lungs, his heart. This... This is the woman he loves. This is the woman he wants to protect at all costs. This is the woman he has managed to hurt time and again. Like now he thinks. Releasing her finger and himself, his anger disintegrates. Although he climbs onto the bed, kneels between her splayed thighs, she reads defeat in his expression. Brow furrowing, he supposes his earlier actions are unpardonable. He surrenders his anger and waits for her to forgive him. Mulder, what do you want me to say? He wants nothing from her. Not now. He's already taken more than his share. Shaking his head, he can't speak. Do you want me to apologize? Say I'm sorry I trusted Cancer Man and didn't trust you? Well, I am sorry. Her admission gives him no pleasure. But under the same circumstances, I'd do it again. Tears shimmer on his lower lashes. His voice has vanished, and she has to read his lips to understand what he tries to say. I didn't know where you were. Drawing him down until he collapses onto her, she wraps her arms around him, listens to his heartbeat, soaks in his misery. She is strong, strong enough to withstand their combined disenchantment. She has always buoyed him, saved him from drowning himself with recrimination. Scully. He breathes her name into her neck. He, he said I'd die for you, Mulder, but I didn't allow myself to love you. Who? Cancer man? Mulder lifts his head. He doesn't know the first thing about you. About us. He may know more than you think. What are you talking about? He said I'm attracted to powerful men. Meaning? You? Maybe him? 
the specter of the smoking man drifts between them, dividing them as they cling to one another. His ghost is rift between their hearts, a fusure that splits their trust. Did he touch you? Mulder's fury threatens to return. He searches her eyes, clutches her arms. Did he touch you? I don't know. She remembers waking up in Spender's cabin dressed in her nightclothes. Yes, I think. She pets Mulder's back. Fury, muscular, safe. She tries to soothe his returning rage. He trembles in her embrace from anger, from fear, from hate. Spender was wrong about one thing, Mulder. She kisses the muscle that jitters along his jaw. I do allow myself to love you. Her words mend him, repair his broken trust. Her admission fills the gap between her heart and his hope. I'm sorry, Mulder. For what? For lying to you. For breaking your trust. I'm the one who should be apologizing, Scully. Not you. I don't expect you to be my knight in shining armor. He plucks at her hair, twisting a spiraling tornado into her red locks. Settle for an idiot in rusty armor? I'm not a damsel in distress. You're vulnerable, Scully. He releases her hair and strokes her cheek instead. Whether you want to admit it or not, demons like old Smokey, they don't lose. Stop looking for the devil, Mulder. Cancer man is just a man. She traces the edge of his lips with one finger. He bends to kiss her. She murmurs against his mouth. What now, Mulder? She asks for the third time. Now, I make love to you. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.